Hi, everyone. This is the latest episode of uh, Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. I'm Jonathan in Beijing, and today uh, Nisa will be joining us from New York, and we're going to be talking about channels again. But this time, I think the topic would be about an article that's pretty much uh, referring back to an article that Nisa wrote. When was it? In 2013-ish? Gosh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was a while ago. It's during that inter international symposium on applied channel theory. And Nisa wrote this article about um, how the environment, like the social environment and even natural environment can affect the channels of a population, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it came out of a trip that uh, actually Yafim and I had done a teaching trip in Spain. Um, and, uh, and, you know, traditionally, you know, in palpation, like Dr. Wang would even say like, oh, the Shaoyan channel is really, you know, very difficult to palpate because the changes are so small and they're easy to miss. Um, and during our teaching in Spain, when we got to the Shaoyan channel, it was like a palpation course over uh, three days. And when we got to the Shaoyan channel, there were just, um, you know, we had split up in the classroom. And as we were moving around, like we realized like, oh, the Shaoyan channel here in Spain has so many changes. Mm -hmm. um, so like lots of like, um, lots of like the cui uh, luo, like the crispy luo, mm -hmm. um, just lots of different changes. Um, and so it was really surprising and kind of exciting because it was this opportunity to you know, palpate these things we had never found before. Um, and so as a class, we were just discussing, like, why would it be that in Spain, there would be this noticeable difference um, in the Shaoyan? Uh, and I don't know, we were throwing ideas around about how, you know, like this was in Barcelona. So the weather, you know, it's really sunny and hot there most of the year. Um, and then even just culturally, you know, like um, in that part of Spain, you know, like, um, you know, they're sort of like night owls and, you know, eat very late at night and they stay up late. And, um, uh, and even, you know, at least the people that we met, they were all very sort of like warm and very outgoing. And so something about that, like, um, that Shaoyan energy was sort of like, kind of like, you know, there's a lot of, especially maybe the heart, um, but, you know, like really kind of fiery. Um, and so, I don't know, that sort of led me to just like think about that, right? That beyond sort of what our channels um, are reflecting in our own individual physiology, that maybe it was reflecting uh, the, the actual environment that we live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I went to uh, Spain uh, a couple, in the past two years a couple of times. And same uh -huh. thing, we found like all yeah. these crazy, because I remember you and Yafim had talked about all those crazy heart challenge changes. Uh -huh. And then when I was there, they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, I was matching them. I was like, Yafim and Nisa told me before they palpate channel, uh -huh. the heart channels and these people in Spain. And they found these crazy changes. And I was like, you all have it, too. Like, all of you. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, had, like, these, and, like, yeah. nodules, like, big uh -huh. nodules, right? Like, I felt like yeah. nodules, lumps. I was like, you never feel that big of changes at heart seven on, like, a huge, or in the heart channel on a big group of people. Usually it might be one or two right. individuals, not, right. like, 80, 90% of the people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, do, I don't know, like, did, what did that class say in terms of like, like, did it also seem to reflect kind of like the culture there or? Yeah, they were like, because we're Spanish. Okay. <laughs> They're like, of course. It's a hard yeah, yeah, yeah. I still didn't quite get it. I was like, what? What do you mean? And then, you know, like, yeah. this is like, and then you're like, 
where where like the class finishes at like eight or something and then they're like okay let's go eat dinner and then yeah. we stand around in the hall for a half an hour to an hour and they're like okay yeah. time to go to dinner <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, yeah. and then by the time you eat it's like you order food and then by the time you're finished it's like 11 or 12 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but then they get up early and they're like back like bright eyed in the class and i was like how did they yeah i don't know how they do it yeah. um yeah and like well i i don't know i really liked it i mean there was like this like nice leisurely lunch every day and you know sort of like real resting time in the middle of the day which i think um at least in america we don't do enough of that like really taking the time to um, take breaks in the day and um there's sort of more burnout here in new york Uh, have you noticed anything in uh new york then with like in the past i guess how many months has it been like a seven six how many months has it been five six months uh seven months of the pandemic Yeah. yeah so like we like New York shut down like around March 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I, you know, like I had to close my practice until July. So it's only been a few months back. But um, yeah, I have been finding that like I think, and these are patients that I had treated before. So mm-hmm. I know what their channels feel like. Um, but I'm finding more Shaoyun changes. Um, That's interesting. And I yeah. think it's. Yeah, um, and I think it's, you know, in a different way. It's not the sort of, like, um, I think this is more sort of, like, an acute reaction to our environment, like, because of the pandemic, you know, there's a lot of, and the honestly, the election also that's happening here <laughs> right now is very stressful for people. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty. And so I think, um, so actually, like, the kinds of things I'm finding, it's, like, kind of more, like, grainy sandy changes very small changes between like heart seven heart five um and then so kind of like a heart chi and yin like deficiency mm-hmm. um and so i don't know i'm also seeing a lot of like sleep changes um a lot of menstrual changes uh and uh so for these so, patients I don't know, that was sort of an yeah. For your patients, are you focusing on the shine channel then, or is it? Are you still? Is that the main channel system that you'll be working on for these patients? Uh, not necessarily, right? And that sort of goes into sort of like the like the zuzheng discussion, right? The chief complaint mm-hmm. situation. Um, so, you know, like maybe someone is actually coming to me for digestive issues, um, mm-hmm. uh, but in my palpation, I'm seeing that okay, like the shaoyun is being compromised and it might just be a reflection of like the bigger sort of like kind of stressors that are happening so um i don't know if you're seeing this like just so much dysregulation um so like i think sleep cycles are off digestive cycles are off menstrual cycles are off um uh so i guess like i'm seeing that as a reflection too of like our like the environment here in new york like politically it's dysregulated and you know because of the pandemic you know all our routines and rhythms are dysregulated yeah i don't know actually don't know what what is life like there now are people still working at home or are they back to work in their offices because i'm in beijing and i think uh, majority of people have been back to work since at least some people were back to work in march but a lot of people were back to work at least i was back to work in may so i don't know what the Mm -hmm. situation is like in where in new york are Uh, I mean, I, I'm here in New York and um, gosh, it seems like uh, anybody who can work from home, they're working from home. Oh. So 
you know, even all the big office buildings in, uh, in the city are all empty. Really? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, people are still quite nervous about the subways. Um, so, um, so people are just traveling a lot less. Um, but what I'm seeing is like my patients who are working from home, like it's, it's, kind of hard to kind of keep yourself on a rhythm, right? I don't know if you're finding this, like um, when you're sort of left to your own devices, like, you know, all the sort of routines of um, yeah, getting ready, like leaving the home to go mm -hmm. to the office, like all of that's disrupted. So, mm -hmm. um, so I do think that's just leading to a lot of like internal sort of disruption also. Yeah. I think for me, like, I think in, like I've, I try to think back to like March, April time. And I, I think like half of the people I met, they were, either really happy about being in lockdown like, mm -hmm, for those two mm -hmm. months because like they were you know cooking on their own they're like getting yeah. healthy and yes and then the, the other half though they were just like going crazy and like stressing yeah. out and so I thought I saw there are two types of people but at the same yeah. time we weren't in lockdown for as long as as you guys I think like yeah home for all that time so I think if we were in it would be interesting to know what it would have been like to what we I would have found if people had been stuck at home for like seven months you know that yeah yeah right i think yeah the same thing happened here i think those early months like people were like oh i have time to cook and you know do projects and you know like you know we just didn't know anything about like how long it would last and now mm -hmm. um yeah it's uh, it's really dragging on over here yeah um but uh but you know another part of like this kind of like discussion about like environment like i don't know about you but like i also see like you know, just a month ago, you know, there were all those like fires out on the West Coast of the US. Um, and, you know, we're getting these like crazy, like uh, hurricanes down in the South. And um, I feel like, again, there's like some, there's sort of like these big forces happening in like the, our, our climate, right? Like as a planet. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I see some of that also like in my patients. I don't in know, do way? you see any of that? In what way? Um, like I think about like the fires even, right? Like there is an imbalance in our larger world, yeah. right? So like water and fire aren't right. balanced, um, and really creating these kind of extreme situations. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I think like, yeah, like patients of mine who are prone to heat are having really kind of like extreme heat situations, oh, you know, whether yeah. it's like shingles that are like keep recurring mm -hmm. or I'm trying to think what else, um, like I have a couple patients, like their hot flashes are out of control. So like really kind of trying to keep that water and fire uh, balance. Oh, that's interesting. It's been hard. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Does that ever, do you ever come across that? I would say that like, I think in China and Beijing at least, or, you know, China in, in general, like we had a lot of issues with air quality, right? Pollution. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why um, we'd see a lot of patients with like, obviously lung channel changes, even though I think it's mm -hmm. common to see lung channel changes or tie-in channel changes in general. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like when you go overseas and check channels or do classes, most people have hand and foot tie-in channel changes, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think in China, like, yeah, you would see a lot of lung channel changes. And I think it has to do with like the air quality issues we had. Mm -hmm. Like it's getting much better now. Um, mm -hmm. Even when I remember when I went to Indonesia, I taught a mm -hmm. couple classes there and uh, in Jakarta. So most of the students from, were from Jakarta. And, that was the first time I met people in like, in one group, like pretty much everyone had these huge lumps at lung seven. Oh, interesting. And then there are two, um, and oh, two of the people, 
at first I thought I was like, oh, it has, maybe it has to do with the dampness, right? I was like, oh, it's a dampness in, uh, in Indonesia, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But then there are two people who are not from Indonesia, uh, from Jakarta, they're from Bali. Mm -hmm. And they have perfectly clear, like, lung channels. Interesting. So then, so then is they, it like a, yeah, is it like an air issue or? Yeah, they were all like, oh, it's probably the pollution. Oh, okay. And then if you think about it, it's like lung channel, lung salmon is like the, the collateral point, right? So maybe it's like these, this air pollution just suffocating all the collaterals of the lung and mm -hmm. just trapped in the lung collaterals. So I, for me, that, that was, I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Or the collateral, like sometimes I think about the collateral in an opposite way, right? Like the body or the channel system is forced to actually create more and more laws to try to compensate for... Uh, Stagnation. Does that's that true. That's sense? true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the right, like actually the yeah. body is trying to create more places for mm -hmm. um, for dispersion. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think what in general, like, like yeah, and in China, um, I would say that like um, like provinces where they have worse pollution than when we had students from those provinces, like um, mm -hmm. Hebei province. Like when mm -hmm. we published their lung channels, they have way more pronounced changes usually. So there's like air quality is one issue and then like there's like just stress, right? So like people who are mm -hmm. under more stress in China, at least it seemed like it would mainly affect the Shaoyang and Jirin systems more. Um, oh, so, interesting. So especially like the past, like you were talking about how in, in the state, in New York, you're seeing a lot of Shaoyang changes. I would say a lot mm -hmm. of the patients I've seen recently with like issues related to like COVID stress, stress from COVID-19. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. A lot of them were, was reflecting more in their Shaoyang channels. Actually, you yeah, know what, yeah. that's a good point because yeah, yeah, I'm actually seeing like, um, and then sometimes like a lot of like just general pivot stuff. So Shaoyin mm. and Shaoyang, like kind of together. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And then um, recently I went to uh, Guangzhou and like we were teaching like all these like nurses. Uh-huh. And they're all like, you know, nurses, like they're, they're, their life, their general, uh, what do you say, rhythms of their lives are kind of irregular, right? They have to do a lot of night shifts and so on. Mm -hmm. And they're mm -hmm. under a lot of stress. So they all had, um, this is rare for me to see, like every, all the nurses had changes on the pericardium channels. Mm. And where, like what part of the pericardium? Everywhere. <laughs> Just like the entire, really? like, like lumps at PC4, like nodules going from PC4 up to PC3. Mm -hmm. like crispy changes at PC7 or like sticks and stuff, but their liver mm -hmm. channels were relatively okay. Hmm. But like pericardium channels. And they're like, oh yeah, it's because we're stressed out and we don't sleep enough. And Yeah. And like night shifts. And yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. the blood, you know, like, like the regularity and like the circulation of blood and so forth. Right. And the stress, right. right causing right. that stagnation, that constraint. Right. And then also like not resting well. So mm -hmm. like just heat in the way mm -hmm. also, right? Yeah, and they'd have a lot of symptoms like pressure in the chest, you know, from the stress. Mm -hmm, and all that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Like how like your work, I guess, like your occupation could affect your channel, yeah. like a specific yeah. occupation. maybe. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I think also like, uh, oh, I, I remember another sort of like moment also like, I, and this is when actually all of us were in the Netherlands. Gosh, what year was that with Dr. Wong? 2014. Wow. Um, but uh, 
I remember, you know, as a group, we were also saying, you know, like the environment there, you know, like just like the weather, right, was kind mm -hmm. of like cold and damp. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's all that like sort of like delicious, like, like, I feel like we were eating like cheese and like smoked fish, like, mm -hmm. so stuff that, you know, like is delicious, but you know, was um, like, I just remember palpating the channels and uh, really pronounced tie-in changes that were mm -hmm. kind of like these like large, well, it kind of alternated, like kind of large, kind of like soft nodules. Mm -hmm. um, but then there was also kind of like in all the channels, just kind of like, kind of like soft and like, I think we were calling it cottage cheese. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of like, you know, kind of like almost like little sort of bits of soft nodules. Mm -hmm. And so sort of like, sort of again, like, you know, just based on kind of like the environment there, like their channels were, I think, just processing a little bit more dampness, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, so that's one of those situations where like you can understand the person's environment maybe, but it's not necessarily something that you have to treat directly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I don't know, keeping that in mind helps you differentiate like what you're treating versus what is maybe just like the, um, like a reflection of uh, their environment and their environment. Yeah. So like when you, so basically when you are, uh, with each patient you treat, do you palpate all of their channels or do you, how do you approach each patient with channel palpation? Each patient. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think like all of us, like, you know, especially the first visit, I try to take care to palpate all the channels. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, like sometimes, I mean, things are less busy now, so I can take some time, but you know, in follow-ups, if I'm on a very clear path, um, then I, I might just check the, the, primary channel and uh and you know it depends on how the symptoms are changing or not changing and reacting to the treatment um and then um uh i might not palpate everything again and i um, think because before yeah, we do? start uh yeah same as you i yes. um i said it uh, since covid 19 i set aside just like nowadays i just arrange just one patient an hour um, mm -hmm. and for me i like this flow better than like two patients an hour just because uh, I can take more time palpating mm -hmm. channels. So I prefer mm -hmm. this kind of slow kind of approach. And mm -hmm. you can be more conscientious. And I like to palpate all 12 channels um, mm -hmm. each time. Like I like to do it just because it gives me like, just refreshes my memory of what's going on in their, in yeah. their body. And sometimes yeah. you miss, miss something, right? The first time or second time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess what we were talking about before we started recording this episode you were mentioning that like what's really important is capturing the chief complaint, right? Yeah. And I think that can be a challenge for mm. people when they're just learning this technique and um, uh, is uh, making sense of how to prioritize all the channel changes. Um, and I think that's where sort of like, you know, the palpation is just one of our diagnostic tools. So, you know, really to, uh, you know, just like, um, you know, kind of have faith in your sort of um, uh, your interpretation of what the patient's telling you. And so, yeah, to kind of hone in on, you know, exactly what you're treating um, and then, and then start, start with that, you know, um, but, but, you know, like, you know, the beautiful thing about this whole um, applied channel theory is that, you know, like by being very, mindful of choosing a channel, then you can really 
know, if a patient doesn't respond to your treatment, you know exactly why. You know, so like if I have somehow not treated the chief complaint but did something else, then the patient's response tells me what to do next. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So then like, so for example, if you have a patient, like you're saying a lot of patients now, they have Shaoyin channel changes, right? Heart and kidney channel mm -hmm. changes. But if their main complaint is like, um, I don't know, they broke their finger and they have swelling in their finger, you're still going to focus on the, the finger, yeah. right? You're not going to focus on exactly. like communicate their heart yeah. and kidney and things like that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, or even just like that, uh, I mentioned that one patient or who has like, or I have a few patients that Xiaoyin, Xiaoyang kind of combo. Oh, okay, okay. But one in particular has like, um, yeah, just over the last several months, like her digestive system has just been um, lots of like rebellion, right? Lots of reflux and lots of um, uh, bowel changes, um, mm -hmm. lots of heat, lots of dampness. And like the Xiaoyang has really intense sort of like speed bumps. Mm -hmm. um, but the Xiaoyan also is there, but you know, this is where like, I think, you know, like the Xiaoyang pivot definitely has to be um, regulated first. And then I'm hoping that will, um, right. Like if I tried to treat that Xiaoyan right now, like there, nothing would change because you know, there's such a big excess going on. Mm -hmm. So what did you uh, dredge the Xiaoyang or clear heat in the Xiaoyang? Which combination uh, point? Did you use one of the point commas for the Xiaoyang? Yeah, I mean, I just did the really classic, like, Sanjo 5GB41, like, for heat and dampness, right? Yeah. Um, and then I did throw in a little Xiaoyin at some point. I did Kidney 7, which I really love for sort of, like, cooling the nervous system. Mm -hmm. um, and that was also kind of, like, you know, that big pillow sort of change that we mm -hmm. find. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you do that often? Like, okay, so I know that a lot of times, like, when we have, like, sh say you palpate a patient's channels and they both have Xiaoyin and Shaoyang channel changes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But if they have more signs of Shaoyang qi stagnation, you'll just focus more on the dredging the Shaoyang or clearing heat in the Shaoyang, depending on what their symptoms are uh, presenting. Yeah, I think I try to, yeah, I, I definitely try to keep it really focused. So yeah, I think, um, I think I did it the first two visits. It was like Sanjito 5, GB41, GB34 to help dredge, mm -hmm. um, and then kidney seven just to support a little yeah, yeah. bit. Um, something That's like that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then actually the second, yeah, I think I did that twice. And then, um, and then at some point actually her symptoms changed so much. And then when I was palpating, there was a lot of like sort of yangming, like very acute yangming mm -hmm. stuff happening. So I had to switch a little, switch gears a little bit. Um, uh, but, um, That's great. So sometimes you will do like, so if, if they have like Shaoyin and Shaoyang, kind of pathology together, but if like, mm -hmm. for, for example, the Shaoyang is more excess, right? You can, sometimes you only do the Shaoyang, but sometimes if there's also some yin kind of deficiency or something, you can do a Shaoyang point pair as a main one, and then you can add a little yin kind of nourishment. Yeah. Yeah. So you do a Shaoyang, Shaoyang. Yeah, yeah, I do that too sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes the opposite, really right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes the opposite. But I actually really love that GB34 kidney seven. Oh, okay. Sort of like, kind of like dredging, but kind of supporting mm -hmm. um, the kidneys as well. Mm -hmm. I see, I think here I see cases where uh, I end up doing, like they have maybe insomnia, poor sleep, and then, mm -hmm. and then they have like some kinds of like Shaoyang kind of blockage or stagnation or, but and anyway, I'll use like, for example, heart seven, 
uh, kidney three, then I might add a Sanjo five, just more from the perspective of like the mm. Yang way, like unblocking the collaterals. Because we mm -hmm. know the Sanjo is like the pathway for the source G. Mm -hmm. so, like sometimes I think like the Sanjo collaterals are too blocked, then like the Shaoyin like heat won't be able to transport properly. So I just add the Sanjo mm -hmm. five just to get things moving too. But they all also yeah, will have yeah. palpable changes on the Shaoyang channel too. Mm -hmm. But sometimes mm -hmm. I do that combination. Um, mm -hmm. Like if it's more of a Shaoyin issue and then I want to assist it by adding a Shaoyang, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, yeah, I haven't, I actually haven't gone, yeah, yeah, done it that way. Oh, okay. But that's really, yeah. And how um, did it work? Um, I think it's worked. It works, it seems. like. But now yeah. sometimes I question myself, that, like, maybe do I have to add the Sandro Fiber or should I just only use the hardest of Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's such an ongoing thing, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I think a lot about Dr. Wong just saying, you know, like these points are our friends and like we get to know them and like, and a lot of times it is trusting them to do what they mm -hmm. know how to do, right? Mm -hmm. So like, um, I, I know like I have to sometimes like, uh, like I, I do sort of like different games with myself to like mm -hmm. set limits on how many points I can do. Um, and really sort of tap into like, you know, like I have moments in clinic where I'm just like, what would Dr. Wong do? Yeah, yeah I know right? that's and a question. stop yeah, myself yeah. from adding one more point, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, no, just don't do it. Just trust right. that these points will do it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yes. I know I do that every day too. Yeah. <laughs> I think recently I had a patient just a couple of days ago where she had, like she has a lot of tiny dampness and that was like lower abdominal bloating, like heaviness in the limbs, uh -huh. uh, like feeling fatigue and. But I've been regulating the tying a lot, but sometimes she also have bloating in the breast, breast mm -hmm. uh, distension. Sometimes, like she would say, it's on the lateral side or the upper side, upper part of the breast. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. in the past, sometimes I would add like Sanjo 6 or GB34 because I thought it was like she's stagnation in the shawling, and it would mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes I'd be pairing it with like with lung 5 spleen 9. But then uh -huh. finally, the other day, I, like she came back and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to add the Sanjo 6 GB34. I'm just going to. Do the tie just trust the, uh -huh. just do the tie How did she respond? Have you I did it. I added a stomach 36 because like it felt like it was more like the entire breast rather than just mm -hmm. like even though it was partly on the sides too. Because mm -hmm. I started thinking because the spleen channel also goes to that region too. Yeah. Right? And the lung, yeah. right? So I was like, ah, yeah. I'll just not do that. And like after the 20 minutes, she's like, oh yeah. You know, when we removed the needles, like she's like, oh, the breast feels not as bloated. Uh-huh. So uh -huh. then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a constant challenge, right? Like, yeah. I think, um, and it keeps going sort of in different, like, I don't know, it keeps coming back in different ways, like, mm. as my practice keeps going, you know, mm. sort of just like learning new things about how to use a certain point. But, mm. you know, like, a lot of it is like faith in the channels that they will do what they know how to do. Right, right, right. Definitely, definitely. I think, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's, uh, um, it's difficult to like try to, yeah, what you're saying, just to minimize our, the number of points we use, yeah, having faith in uh, chi, like channel chi transformation, the theories and the point pairs and how they can affect this, like just using only sometimes just two or three points and how it can have such a strong effect on their entire health and um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just have faith in it. You're right. Yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> I think that was a good introduction to this is that a good stopping point I think, I think that's a good, and the, i think the uh, screen just froze too so like, oh, okay. uh, <laughs>
So that's our, our Nisa's first episode for the last for this uh, podcast on applied channel theory. So um, we're definitely going to talk to her more throughout the months, and and she has a lot of information to share, a lot of knowledge to share because she has uh, she did study with Dr. Ron for it's almost been like two decades almost now, right? Uh, almost, yeah. Two thousand three, I met him for the first time. Yeah. So Nisa, like you know, like you know, Jason and Yafim, they studied with Doctor Wong for a long period of time, and been using this method for a long period of time. So lots of knowledge to share with everyone. So, um, so thanks, Nisa. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah. It's so fun to talk. Yeah. I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.